That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. And we're back. We're going to make some confessions. Uh, we recorded two podcasts the other night when we recorded the uh, previous Champions League preview that uh, hopefully most of you guys got to listen to. Uh, the second of those, our Premier League recap for the weekend, uh, we had some technical difficulties. The file was lost. Uh, we're working on it. <laughs> so instead, we decided to uh, add on a few recaps to our usual uh, Premier League look ahead preview podcast. So uh, as usual, I'm Alex here with Javier. Andrew is off tonight, though. Uh, it, it, like, RIP to Andrew's takes from Sunday. Yeah, he really yeah. enjoyed that 5-0 Liverpool win that we'll, uh, we'll I guess, was, hit on quickly. It was quickly. a tragic, tragic occurrence, but... Okay, well you're well yeah yeah you're talking about the file yeah being the lost. file being lost yeah, I mean, it just it sucks that it happened but that podcast but. that podcast was recorded prior to tonight's uh, loss at Barcelona the three 0 loss uh, so I mean you know it would have been it would have been all up in flames anyway I mean, Andrew was riding a high of scoring 15 seconds into a game and just dominating and having Salah and Mane score multiple goals each. And now it's just kind of like, oh gosh, are we going to end up with no trophies this season? I, it's it's a pretty different dynamic. Oh, how so much can change in like two or three days in soccer. Um, but uh, we're probably going to go through uh, a few emotions ourselves because we're about to hit on uh, Chelsea dropping points at Manchester United and Arsenal uh, losing 3-0 at Leicester in a second here. But Ugh. let's start with the first of the uh, three through six teams in the Premier League right now that uh, are struggling to uh, get to grips with the fact that they're in a race to secure their Champions League uh, place next season. Tottenham lost 1-0 at home to West Ham, their first loss at the new stadium. Uh, I believe the first goals scored, the first yeah, goals first scored goal by scored an opponent at, at the new stadium. Uh, Tottenham Stadium. Yeah, it's only five games in, so uh, you know it wasn't too impressive a run yet, but they had already played Man, Man City and... I can't think of who else, but Man City, Crystal Palace, Brighton, uh, and not conceded. Uh, Mikel Antonio scored in the 67th minute, a very well-worked goal from a, a cross from Arnautovic out from the right wing. That was a lovely finish from Mikel Antonio. Uh, he then pr- proceeded to uh, do some sort of like air hump uh, It was a lovely celebration. celebration. No, he, he tried to do it like was... the LeBron and Simeone together. What? He had his hands like in a cup in front of him, and he was yeah, like, it was kind of like, like the LeBron down. where he was, does like the you know puts the hands down, but then I don't know he was doing that, the Simeone it, it was, as well with, with the with the with the hump. It was it, it, was it a seemed combo. much more. Oh, the Simeone, yeah, it probably resembled the Simeone, right, the Simeone uh, celebration hump. against right. Juventus. Yeah, yeah, okay, I can see that. But I found a great uh, Photoshop picture afterwards, which will probably be the photo for this episode on social media of Mikel Antonio in that squatted position sitting on top of Tottenham Stadium like it's a toilet bowl. Because if you haven't heard yet, Tottenham's new stadium from the outside looks like a toilet bowl. (laughs) From the inside, we've said it before, it it looks like a beautiful, cavernous, grand stadium and a great place to play football. But from the outside, sorry guys, you you built a toilet. Uh, So uh, do you have any thoughts about Tottenham's performance in this one before we move on to some of the other results? Well, it just, I mean, it, let's hope that it's not 
well, I maybe not. Let's hope. I do hope. You should hope. We should hope. <laughs> but I don't know if it's panic time for Tottenham. You know, two one no losses. I guess. Yeah, one one in the well, midweek. Save and- that for the save the like the outlook for the rest of the season for the like the preview. Well, like in in this game, like you guys both had. I, I can pull up your results in a sec. I had a one one draw, so I, I thought they were going to slip up for the fact that West Ham like treat this like their Super Bowl, their their Cup final for the season. It's, Tottenham are their biggest rival, like close to them. So I kind of knew West Ham would show up, but I didn't think Tottenham would be so just bland. Like I think Son had a few chances that he just, you know, he just. Didn't I think look they sharp. definitely just had an eye on the Champions League, and they pretty much have top four wrapped up. So I think they just need one more win. Did they, you really think they just th- thought to themselves like, "Oh, we have top four wrapped yeah, kinda, up." Yeah, kind of because they have, they have, they have, they had, you know, three home games or two home games left, and an away game at. Uh, well, no, the one home game against uh, Everton to finish yeah. the season after this West Ham right. game. That was their second to last home game. Yeah, I just mean, you know, they probably thought, okay, we're going to win our home games and we'll be fine. But they probably thought this wasn't going to be that hard. And yeah, I think they definitely real underestimated misstep. West Ham. Yeah, it's it's a real misstep. And like they should they should know better by now. Like they, <laughs> they've played West Ham like three times each season in like cup games, uh, like a like a the Carabao Cup game added on like and every time West Ham show up and the West Ham have knocked them out of cups a couple of times they should know that you know that with nothing else to focus on West Ham we're always going to be like somewhat of a threat uh so Tottenham face away games at uh, Bournemouth and a home game uh, against Everton to finish out the season they also lost in the aforementioned Champions League semi-final uh, 1-0 to Ajax but they've got the away leg of that uh next week uh, no song for the first leg they could uh, maybe sneak back into it it wasn't two out of their reach. Uh, but let's move on to a few of the other uh, score lines. Crystal Palace, true Everton, 0-0. Fulham beat Cardiff, 1-0 from a beautiful Ryan Bobble strike. Uh, Southampton and Bournemouth had perhaps the match of the weekend uh, with a 3-3 draw. Uh, Wolves beat Watford uh, to get a little bit of revenge for that uh, FA Cup semifinal they lost, uh, winning 2-1. I should mention the score predictions. Javier got the 5-0 Liverpool uh, result right. Congrats. You, you got the difference between four. We all had three, four, and five. Yeah, no. see, I knew, I knew Liverpool just, would do one. You better. just got a, the prime beating, like the biggest beating possible. Well, I mean, we uh, put we put five past them. You guys put four. Yeah, we Tottenham did too. Put no, we put past five. them. The we week put before, five. So I was like, definitely Liverpool can put more than Tottenham or Chelsea. Yeah, that's true. I don't know why I had three. I just kind of thought they'd be like resting players for Barcelona or something. They were both um, going for going back to, So yeah, yeah, true. Going back to the Watford Wolves game, I got the score prediction correct for that. The two one for Wolves. Brighton Newcastle. That was a one one draw, which I also got correct. And then coming to Sunday, we started out bright and early in Leicester, where Leicester City beat Javier's Arsenal three nil. A goal from Yuri Tielemans in the 59th minute and two goals to finish the game up from Jamie Vardy in the 86th and 90th minute. There was also an Ainsley Maitland-Niles, two yellow cards very early on. Uh, What was it, like 35 minutes into the game? Yeah, the 35th minute. I mean, just how was that? How was was that a red card? How were those yellow cards? Just what the fuck are you doing, Oliver? Like... I was happy when I saw Michael Oliver was refing the game because I thought it was going to be refed well, but he just sends off Mylon Niles for his first two fouls of the game. And the second one, I don't even think that was a foul. The the, the one that he gave for a yellow card, I think it was a dive. Like, you see Madison. James Madison. You see Madison, like, holding his, like, his, like, calf as if he got, like, hacked down. And, like, there was absolutely zero contact there, so... 
So in the post game interview, right after the match, Madison, when he was asked about it, said, and it was on, it was on match the day afterwards. He said, like, you know, if you go into a challenge and I have to jump out of the way to avoid being uh, hurt by that challenge, then you should get a yellow card for that. And they were like, no one asked him a follow up question, like, oh, so you admit that you jumped out of the way and that. It, you dived or you dove. Right. <laughs> like, like no one asked him that, but like that's what I was thinking immediately. I was like, don't you think that means you dove? Like you, you got out of the way. So but I, yeah, beyond I, that, I, I, mean, I said on, dude, I said on the, well, just, just real quick on the two yellow cards. I said on the, 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 the lost pod the other day uh, that I feel is worth repeating. The two challenges that were both yellow cards by Michael Oliver, like, You'd normally look at those without the context of knowing they were given as yellow cards, and you'd think like that's that's a hard foul, like may, like a maybe a early, sorry maybe a soft foul that like if the ref gave it, you think okay, I can see why he gave that, but I mean that's a little like if you're going to call that, it's going to be a really like choppy game today or like a really like ticky tack game where like everything's getting called, and instead he gets yellow cards for both. It was just like a complete like just lapse of judgment, which we, yeah, like you said, Michael Oliver is usually one of the more reliable referees in the league compared to the shit we're going to talk about in a little bit. (laughs) But yeah, beyond the game, they still look good. Leicester still look better than you, even before you got a player sent off. Yeah. And I was going to say like Leicester fully deserved to win this game. Uh, Our players were just, you know, dreadful on the day that the best player was Bern Leno again. And he has been during this terrible round, which is ridiculous to say because we've conceded nine goals in the last three games. But Leno still, he's made it so we haven't conceded four or five in every game. And, you know, it was really careless. Let's look on the bright side of life. It was really careless. <laughs> like, even when we went down 2-0, I was thinking to myself, like, okay, well, we're still even on goal difference. Like, don't go freaking crazy to score pretty much a mean, maybe like a consolation goal that, that matters for, for goal difference. But, like, we had, like, all of our players up the field, again, trying to get a goal. And maybe it was just trying to get an equalizer. But, like... It, you, I could see the third goal coming, and it was it was just when it happened, I was like, "Oh my god!" We just gave Chelsea like, you know, that that cushion we had in goal difference just completely threw it away. It, you know, we were up like, you know, plus six I think or we're plus ahead seven by on one you. now. Now you're ahead by yeah, one, ahead. yeah, and yeah, but. To be fair, we were ahead of you by like 10 or 15 earlier in the season. Like we were, we let you get back into it. And now you've let us get back into it. But I mean, we'll see if that ends up being important in the uh, the final standings. But, but yeah, just uh, really it, disappointing. It is a nice cushion to um, have. I mean, I, I, again, my last, now I've said, you know, no, we didn't lose. We've never lost three games in a row. Now it happened. So guess what? <laughs> I have nothing left now. I'm, I'm back at well, like. Well, have you lost four games in a row before? Just, what do you got coming yeah. up this weekend? Oh, you got Brighton. Uh, you surely you won't lose four no, games. Stop, Alex! That's don't say those things. We're not going to talk about go on, like this. a run like Tottenham on. did earlier uh, this season. Let's talk about the uh, the City game, Alex. You... No, no, no. Uh, I want to get in real quick. Like what the reason why Leicester looked so dominant for so much of the match? What did they have? Like fifty nine percent possession. We just or something? got destroyed, man. We had one shot on target. They had twelve. Ugh. Yeah, just... Iwobi looked completely toothless. He had one great chance that he just sort of it will scuffed be Mkhitaryan, and put They can't be starting for us. Mkhitaryan, I hope we move him on this summer. And yeah, it's a, there's a lot of players that we need to we need to get rid of at the team. And I'm I'm hopeful that something will get done, but not holding your breath. Not holding my breath because the, the, <laughs> yeah. the rumors that I'm reading and the of the budget and all the things that are going to be going around the club, Ramsey leaving on a free. Yeah. It might be, uh, it might be still a difficult couple more years at Arsenal because it's just, it's more of the same. 
more of the same that we saw under Wenger. And while we were saying earlier, you know, three or four weeks ago, saying, oh, wow, look at how much we've improved under Emery. Well, we're still at the exact same point we were three to four weeks ago. So at this point, we're just reverting back to the mean. And this is pretty much what we did under Wenger in the last couple of years. So we're just finishing out the season much worse than we did under Wenger usually, which he would usually salvage those last five, six, seven games and, and try and push for something. But under Emery, it's like we're doing the reverse, you know. But we still have Europa. Do you think the players are completely – do you think you're completely responsible for uh, the choice it looked like this weekend to try and play like somewhat of a high line? Against Jamie Vardy of all strikers. Yeah, I thought Emery got it wrong. Not I really, thought we should have played five at the back. They didn't back. really effectively press the ball, though. Like you guys should have been looking to counterattack. Like every, like you should, should have still like sat off Leicester like a little bit while getting some pressure. But instead, you guys got yourselves like really high up the field and then didn't get pressure on any of their backline and let them just pass balls over the top to Vardy. Yeah, I think Koscielny should have started. I think we should have played five at the back. He started Kolasinic in a back four, which we know that doesn't work. Kolasinic is not a left back. But do you think that was Emery's decision to have them play that high up? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that, that's two pretty bad decisions. The back four I just, and playing I think such a totally high line. I he totally messed up again. He messed up in the Palace game. And it's worrying. It's really worrying to me. But at the same token, he seems to be really good in these cup competitions like Europa. I mean, he didn't really care. We didn't care really at all about the FA Cup or the League Cup. We did not want to win those competitions. And I don't care at all that we didn't go far in those. But right now, Europa is the thing that he has going for him. If we end up winning Europa, then that's what he was brought in for. So, and like bringing the team back to the Champions League. We're not winning titles with this guy. The biggest title we'll win, it will be something like Europa. So, right. I mean, Europa is still somewhat of a title. Right. But you know, that would be like him be a FA Cup or better yeah. level trophy. That would him be him be do that would be him doing his job. But I don't think he's going to do anything more than that. And I think these errors are showing that he has this stuff in him where he's he's never going to win a title because he does this shit. You know, he's too much. Yeah, of a, he's he's too much of a, he's a bit of a tinkerer. tinkerer. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, Arsenal will host Brighton, as I mentioned before, uh, in their second to last game of the season. Uh, Brighton's still fighting with relegation. So, you know, decent chance to get back in the uh, win column. Uh, but later on, on Sunday, Manchester City beat Burnley 1-0 uh, behind a Aguero goal in the 63rd minute that was, I want to say, 29 millimeters over the line. The uh, second time in this second half of the season where Manchester City have gotten uh, positive goal line clearance technology results from uh, or back in January when they beat Liverpool and blocked a shot off the line that was about like 11 centimeters or something from being over the line. And then this time against Burnley, they, they were definitely like good for the win, but uh, Burnley made it a real tough slog. They, uh, they said as much before and after the game that they wanted to affect the title race and it was nervy. Uh, yeah, it was good it was to have nervy. Vincent company they, for they once. Made the, he was heading balls everywhere. The last 15, 20 minutes, every time Burnley had the ball, it was just like everyone's – it was fascinating to watch and, and really fun. But Burnley gave it a go. That's why the Premier League is what it is. And, you know, Man City didn't – I bet you in any other league, a team that's in 15th place, if they're playing a team that's in first going for the title – the vast majority of the time, I bet in any other league in the world, they'd lose 3 or 4-0. But in the Premier League, they still make that close 1-0. So, respectable and, you know, 
definitely makes you think of these last two games for both Liverpool and City. There's definitely something that's going to happen, you know? At least, I don't think well, it's just going to be There hasn't been yet. Yeah, there hasn't been yet, but it's, it makes you think. It's been, what, like seven games, seven game weeks in a row where like neither of them have lost <laughs> or dropped any points, I mean. Um, yeah, so I'm not holding my breath. I wouldn't be surprised if they just both went unbeaten, but we'll uh, get to that in the previews. Uh, so moving on to the marquee game of the weekend, Manchester United drew with Chelsea 1-1 at Old Trafford. I got this score prediction right. Uh, Juan Mata scored in the 11th minute uh, to uh, key United's great start Thank to the you game. Guys. Great opening 20 to we 30 minutes. We that draw. Thank you. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Mark Alonso equalized in the 43rd minute from a another horrific error from david de gea he's uh, a, there's some great compilation videos yeah. of the last year or so of david de gea uh mess ups <laughs> and let me just tell you when your goalkeeper has a compilation video of mess ups from the past year and a half or so that uh goes for five minutes that's not it's not ideal that's too long of a, of a mess up video leading to goals uh but yeah it was, it was an antonio rudiger uh, bomb from like 35 yards out which let me tell you he is not taking that shot if your keeper is already uh is unless your keeper is already on an all-time horrific run he was definitely thinking to himself i'm just gonna have a pop here see if i can get something see if i can get to head to mess up basically the same thought process that shaka was going through with uh with his goal uh at, at the emirates a couple months ago uh, except De Gea saves it palms it down into the right in front of him and marcus alonso comes sneaking in and scores uh God only knows why it wasn't Gonzalo Higuain, who we can get to in a second. But uh, Mark Alonso, our left back, is basically our second striker. Uh, good to have. I've always had his uh, back. That, he showed up in the big game, scores a goal. I mean, he's he needs good to be. For he him. needs to I'm play for the rest for of the season for sure. For you guys, well, maybe rotate him a bit for uh, these. I, I, I don't think Emerson games. offers you that much. I thought like. I, th- I thought Alonso. Emerson's Emerson's better in position. Maybe Emerson he's frees not as, up Hazard not, more. Absolutely. But also, Alonso he makes us better plus in possession. Hazard is more of a threat than Emerson plus Hazard. But I will, I will bounce back with when we have Hazard, Emerson, and uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek all occupying that left wing, playing tri- like triangles with each other. It's like it's unfair. It's like people can't get the ball off that left wing, and it was it was a different story when, like I said in previous pods, when we had some kind of balance with the right wing being decent in possession as well, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, we need goals. We need players that show up in big games and ha- have an effect on the game and set up goals and score themselves. And Marcus Alonso, he got the winner uh, against Slavia Prague in the Europa League in the first leg, like just two or three weeks ago. Uh, and he follows that up with a big goal here. Uh, after that second half, it was a pretty choppy game. Uh, there were multiple horrific challenges by Chelsea players too. Uh, I want to say Kovacic uh, had some pretty bad tackles. Uh, but Marcus Rojo came into the game and Absolutely not even after five minutes. Off. I don't know what the referee was for doing. For two challenges in the span of five seconds where he just Horrifying. took Higuain out just, and then got up and injured Willian. Willian had to come off from the stamp on his right foot that he took from Rojo. It was horrific. Rojo doesn't get sent off. I think he gets a yellow card for the Willian And he play, almost scores but, two minutes later, which would have been oh, just God, Chelsea would have been fans would have collapsed. I would have been so pissed. Everyone would have been pissed. Well, the, the main reason United fans are just the, the ones who are most unhappy with this result is because they're currently in sixth place. They had uh, to win this three game. points behind yeah. Chelsea. They had to win this game because their last two games are uh, 
uh, at Huddersfield and home against Cardiff, which you think a team of United's like stature would sort of suck it up and get the six points there. So they would have been level on points uh, to with Chelsea, who are currently fourth, and they would have been behind us in goal difference. But our fixtures are a little bit, probably a, a big bit more difficult than uh, their last two games. So they would have they would have been right in there with a chance going into the last two games after going through one of the worst runs uh, in, in the club's history in the league. Uh, so disappointing. They're, they're disappointed. I'm. I'm disappointed we didn't take we didn't take more opportunities to to try and take advantage of De Gea's uh, mishaps in that game. We we had plenty of uh, shots, but not much accuracy. So you know, if you you test the goalkeeper a bit more, you'd like to think that De Gea in the like the mental state or whatever he's in right now, maybe he makes another mistake that gets gets the winner. We even had a chance right at the end that Higuain put straight at the keeper. Oh, I thought you guys were going to score. I I was like, I thought you got in that last second there, I, I thought you guys were about to score, but yeah, he put it right at the keeper and De Gea kind Don't of... Don't Higuain's on the case. Yeah, De, De Gea... He, he, he did, was awful. He was awful. He was so right? bad. We played. We played without a center forward. Effectively, Higuain he was, touched the Higuain ball like twenty three times. Yeah, he was dreadful. I mean, this was just another time that you know he. Why not Giroud? Why not Giroud? How how could how could I mean maybe you're saving well him for the, the Europa game, League game Higuain on Thursday? Did play well in the last game. Yeah, against Burnley. This is at Old Trafford. This is I don't know. I just. It would have been nice to not be down to 10 men for the majority of the Sorry's game. Sorry, dying know? by so, his sword, man. He loves his Higuain. I'm yeah, sure you know, Big Ollie's big starting I'll stand on by his, Yeah, absolutely. He's the Europa League god. He's the leading scorer in Europe right now, even ahead of Leo Messi. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he might not be now, but <laughs> I'll, I'll double check that. But that's enough of the recaps. Uh, the overall thing to take away from last weekend is uh, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, Yeah, no, Messi United. has more. We're all, we're all, yeah, he's back ahead of him yeah. now. Okay. I thought Ollie was still ahead. Whatever. He's the leading scorer in Europa. He's, he's still great. But those four teams uh, trying to get into those last two Champions League places, they, uh, they, they all don't feel completely up to it. And that cues us to look ahead to this weekend. Second to last games of the season. We'll start Everton and Burnley on Friday, 3 p.m. at Goodison Park. Andrew's got a nil-nil draw. I'm going to go 2-1 Everton and Javier's got 2-0 Everton. Uh, Bournemouth will host Tottenham on Saturday in the first ga- uh, game of the day, uh, 7.30 in the morning here in the States. Andrew's got a 2-2 draw with Tottenham struggling further. I'm going to say Tottenham win this one, 2-1. I don't know. I just feel like a rested son. They get enough out of him to uh, and some other areas of the field that they just sort of sneak a win here. And Bournemouth are usually pretty susceptible against any top six team but Chelsea actually sort of like giving away goals in the last minute they've done it with City plenty of times they're not as good against the top six as uh, Chelsea's away record against them would suggest so uh, and Javier you've got 1-1 what makes you think like you're just confident that Tottenham aren't gonna snap up there's snap awake and uh, get back to winning ways here no I think there's gonna be a little bit of a Champions League hangover Um, just playing early in the morning on a Saturday, um, away at Bournemouth, it just it. Bournemouth are definitely going to try and get a result here, and they've been playing pretty well lately. Callum Wilson's back; he's scoring goals. So yeah, I don't know. Um, it could be a higher score affair than what I'm putting, but I think it's going to be a tight game. I think Bournemouth are going to know that Tottenham have to win this, and they're going to probably not make try and make this a wide open affair. But then again, it is Bournemouth at home, so. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm I'm 
I'm torn. And he should but be said think- they're they're more than safe. They locked up their Premier League safety a while ago. They're just they've just been out there just running up and down, having fun, scoring goals. I'm going to change two I kind of like what they drew three three with Southampton. Yeah, I'm going to say two. Went to Southampton and like played a wide open game. Changing to two two. Two two. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna keep Andrew from catching. Actually, no, he can't. You're the champion. I forgot to mention that after last week, uh, Javier is uh, mathematically the champion of our score Alex predictions table with uh, 19. Thank you, Alex. I got the point. I got I got three correct predictions last week. I'm up to 14, and Andrew came in second with uh, 16. Uh, but we're going to throw our predictions out there anyway, just to see what the final standings are. Uh, the the 2-2. Yeah, I like the 2-2 also. I like the 2-2-2, but... Um, I don't know. I think I think Tottenham snap awake and just sort of like get back to winning ways in the Premier League at least because uh, you know Bournemouth and Everton these last two games they have those teams don't have anything to play for and sure they'll go out there and uh, try and have fun with it and play like freely because there's no like stakes for them but you know that kind of leaves you open to sort of like a a, a slip in focus and Tottenham get in they go up one nil and all of a sudden Bournemouth are on the back foot for the rest of the I think Tottenham win two one. Uh, but for the rest of Saturday, uh, there's only two 10 a.m. games, the first of which is West Ham hosting uh, Southampton. Andrew's got a 1-1 draw. I've got a 2-2 draw, and Javier has got a 2-1 win for West Ham. Uh, the second 10 a.m. game will be Wolves hosting Fulham. Andrew's got 2-0 Wolves. I've got 3-1 Wolves over Fulham, stopping Fulham's little mini winning streak after they sealed relegation. And uh, Javier's got a 2-1 win for Wolves. Are we all just saying Wolves are locking up seventh spot? They're going to be in the Europa League next year because they're there right now. Watford look like they're out of it. They've got a FA Cup to contend with and an away game with Chelsea. They're down in 10th. You know, they probably may have less to worry about despite their two tough games. But Wolves are currently four points or three points ahead of Leicester and four points ahead of Everton. So I, I think you think it's safe to say they're going to wrap up seventh? Yeah, I think especially if they win this game, like we're uh, like we're thinking they're gonna win it. So, yeah, it probably looks like they're gonna they're wrapping it up here. Um, if that's the case, that that's huge to come up as a promoted team and get Europa League the first year. That's some 1980s shit. It, it doesn't actually <laughs> guarantee them Europa. If Watford win well, the Man FA City, Cup final, yeah, but Man City are winning the FA Cup final. Come on, like. You think you think Watford are going to pull off the upset in that? Like, I'm I'm pretty sure City are going to make sure they, if they don't win the league, they at least get like a, a cup double. You know? Yeah, most I, likely. I don't know. Most likely. You're giving Watford that much of a chance in that. I don't know. I'm just assuming ever since City got into the final, I've just been assuming the seventh final, place is going to be beat, a Europa We league. beat City in the FA Cup uh, two years ago in the semifinal, and I didn't really think we could do it. That was a really good City team. So, well. As much as I like shitting on Arsenal, you guys are no Watford. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would be really interested to see Wolves take part in Europa League next year. I'd be interested to see how it affects their uh, league form, uh, having to balance those two competitions. Uh, but yeah, that's an interesting thing to look out for in these last two games of the season that isn't the relegation battle or the uh, race for top six or the, or the league title. Uh, let's move on to the twelve thirty game. Cardiff will host Crystal Palace in a game with a huge relegation uh, implications. Cardiff, it's pretty simple. They need to win their last two games, and they need to hope that Brighton lose to uh, uh, Arsenal away and at home against City on the last day of the season. I think it's pretty fair to say that Brighton will likely hold up their end of the bargain and lose those two games, but Cardiff have a game here at home against Crystal Palace, uh, who sealed their own uh, safety a few weeks ago. 
and then at Man United to finish the season. So it's no easy feat. Do you think Neil Warnock's men could do it? I mean, I think that this is this is a game where they have to win, and they're gonna they, like. I just, I, I mean, even though they haven't been doing it in the last couple of games, it feels like stylistically, Palace are safe. You know, Cardiff, they're really good at set pieces. It, it feels like they're they're gonna get a goal here. They're gonna do everything they can to defend it. And I know Palace kind of they them and Watford like competing for being the villains of the Premier League, but. The day think, ruiners, yeah, they I just think, come I think in this and year off the top Palace. Rope. So yeah, I mean, I could see Palace just coming in and ruining Cardiff's day and relegating them too. But. That's, that's what I have. I've got a 1-1 draw. Andrew's got a 2-0 win for Cardiff, uh, which seems a little optimistic, though they did beat West Ham 3-0, like I want to say a month or two ago. Yeah, like you said, Palace just like coming in and ruining people's days. You could have said the same thing about Arsenal thinking – Last week, whenever it was, the, it's a home game against Palace and Arsenal going for top four. Arsenal have to win this game. And I'll admit, you guys didn't play well. Uh, that definitely had an effect. But Crystal Palace, were they were basically safe. They were on it. They were just like, all right, let's just get after Arsenal and ruin their day. I would not be surprised if they did something similar to Cardiff or if Cardiff just were able to gift them a goal and uh, struggle to get a draw out of it themselves. Uh, did you say your score prediction yet? Uh, yeah, I think. 1-0? One, 1-0 one, 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 Cardiff? Yeah, 1-0 okay. Arsenal. You said 1-0 Cardiff over uh, Crystal Palace. Yeah, 1-0 Cardiff. Okay, uh, let's move on to uh, a rare 2.45 p.m. game on a Saturday. We got a few around Christmas time and New Year's, uh, but we're getting a true night game, a La Liga or uh, Serie A or French time uh, time zone uh, night game. 2.45, Newcastle will host Liverpool. Rafa Benitez hosting his old club as they uh, go for a Premier League title. And uh, yeah, Liverpool are coming off... A 3-0 loss at Barcelona uh, at the new Camp. They'll turn around uh, three days later and have this, albeit late game, on uh, Saturday at Newcastle. Um, but there's, there's bound to be some tired legs. Yeah, I almost I, put I a draw. Kind of I in, was very close We're all to kind of in agreement draw. that it's going to be a close game. You know, I mean, I think Liverpool beat Newcastle at home like 5-0 earlier this season. But Newcastle have turned their form around pretty significantly since then. They're one of one of the better teams in uh, that were earlier on in the season down the relegation zone for a significant part. But like Burnley and uh, like Southampton, they've sort of turned their seasons around and beaten a few top teams, gotten a few draws here and there. Uh, so you wouldn't be you wouldn't be surprised to think they're going to try and get like a point out of this, uh, like so many other teams, like Burnley against Manchester City uh, last week. Uh, so. We're all uh, you and I are going two one Liverpool. Andrew's going two nil. He's pretty confident. I'm. Uh, I think it's going to be. I'm going to say Newcastle make it nervy. Yeah, yeah. they've been good we're at both, home. They're both on track there. They they've beaten big teams this season. I I I can just I don't think that they're just going to lie down and and give. You know, Rafa's going to be giving Liverpool a favor like some uh, some Liverpool fans are are kind of dreaming is going to happen here. The last time Manchester City dropped points in the Premier League was when they lost at Newcastle. What was it? 2-1 right at the death. They got a penalty. Like it was lucky for sure, but Newcastle defended really well that day and they made it really frustrating for, uh, for city and city couldn't create anything of no, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that Liverpool have a small hiccup here and maybe even get a, a drop points with a draw, which would leave city with the chance to wrap the league title up on Monday night. That, that these are the stakes now. 
You know, Liverpool draw this game and they're they're just watching on Monday night when uh, City hosts Leicester in a home game. <laughs> and they're thinking to themselves, oh my gosh, they're going to win the league. They're not going to give away this chance. So, uh, like, it's, it's a high-pressure situation. Uh, I'm confident that they're going to try and turn around the misfortune of this uh, 3-0 loss against Barcelona and uh, have a positive result this weekend. Uh, but let's get to Sunday. Nice little slate of games. 9 a.m., Chelsea will host Watford. Andrew's got a 1-1 draw. Javier, you've got a 2-2 draw. And I'm going to say 2-1 Chelsea. You know, we're, uh, we're we're right there with the rest of everyone else in terms of form where we're not exactly lighting the world on fire right now. But I think Watford uh, will have – it's going to be something like two weeks from this Sunday game uh, before Watford go to Wembley and face uh, Manchester City in the FA Cup final. They're pretty, they're pretty like, locked in at – ninth or 10th or maybe even 11th if West Ham have like a late surge here in the Premier League. So I, I expect them to be not maybe not resting players, but they're going to have uh, a few of if their best players play, it will be not at like 100 they win this game, they're still neck. like in that battle for seventh place. But they're they're not, though. They're 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 four points behind Wolves who have a home game with Fulham. Yeah, <laughs> you know? probably. And, yeah, so they're thinking to themselves, okay, guys, that was, it was a good season. We had a good time. Uh, let's like give it our best shot but against like, Chelsea. They're and then- like they're definitely going to try and like just <laughs> just go to Chelsea and ruin your day. They don't like you. They're another London team, and they they they've already done it against other big teams. They think they fancy themselves against anyone. They think they so think it was they're a way, way better than they if it really was, are. Javier, if it was a way, I would be right there with you. I would absolutely agree. I would probably predict a draw myself at this point of the season. But we're at home. Like, I can't remember the last time we dropped points to Watford at home. We always beat Watford at home. It's usually high scoring. So I'm like, I'm actually kind of thinking maybe even go like three one or like four two or something. Because you know we're we're right there, right for the taking. Rudiger is out That's for us the season. Two. I think with it's going to be a fun one. I mean, it'll be a fun one, yeah. But I, I think, think you, uh, got, you guys defensively are just going to have a bunch of lapses because you're not going to have your first choice back line, and they're not going to have played a lot together. And I don't think Watford are going to rest players or be checked out like you think they are. I think they're going to be absolutely in peak form, just precisely because of what you said. Because they still have an FA Cup final to play. They don't want to be at the beach. They don't want to be, uh, you know, taking it easy right now. They're going to be using this as a huge test, thinking, okay, this is another team, the pedigrees, obviously, of Manchester City, we, something similar to that, and testing themselves against that. So I don't think they're going to take it yeah, as easy as you think. I think they'll be testing themselves against us, like, stylistically to see what they can pull off going forward. Obviously, we're not as good defensively as uh, Manchester City right now. We're not as good in terms of like keeping the ball in, uh, in possession and keeping it away from our opponents as Manchester City. There were probably closer than most other teams in the league to to that. I agree with you. They'll use this as like a, a testing ground for that Wembley uh, that Wembley final in two weeks. But I think they're going to try and be offensive in it. They're not going to sit back and park the bus. I think they're going to be oh, no, they're going to attack more offensive. Yeah, absolutely right. So. That works in our favor. I don't care what you say. Like, if you come out and attack us at Stanford Bridge, yeah, but like we're Burnley, probably Burnley showed that four. too. You know, if they come out and they attack, didn't, they, they didn't can come get out and attack. Goals. They had two. They had two set pieces. They didn't come out and they attack. They kind of did. We had the ball. It was a little bit end to end those first thirty minutes. They were, yeah, it was a bit end to end. But like, other than those two set pieces, they didn't have like great chances. It, yeah, come on. 
it's uh, yeah, it, it'll be a fun one for sure. But at the same time, uh, Huddersfield will host Manchester United uh, 9 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, Andrew's got a 2-0 win for Man United. I've got a 3-1 win for United. And Javier, you agree with me. We're, uh, we're, we're in agreement. United end their dismal run. They get back with a win. It's been a while. Yeah, it just it it just takes Huddersfield for them to to get back into it, you know. So yeah, we thought the we thought the tonic to a shitty run was Chelsea at home, but it turns out it's Huddersfield away. So uh, luckily, luckily for United, they've got uh, both right at one after the other. Uh, so <laughs> we're not going to talk too much about that one. Maybe uh, we'll t- hit on more on United when they play uh, Cardiff at home next week. Uh, but Arsenal will host Brighton in the last game of Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Andrew's got a 1-1 draw. I've got a 2-0 win for Arsenal, and Javier's got 2-0 for Arsenal also. So Brighton still trying to uh, lock up their safety. If they get a draw here against a reeling Arsenal team, they uh, I would say they're, they're safe. Because even if Cardiff got their, uh, their, their two wins... And Brighton lost the game against Man City. Let me double check the math on that. But Brighton are currently four points ahead of Cardiff. So they would need to win this game. So a draw would be like, okay, but Cardiff could still go ahead of them if they won their last two games. So, uh, But Brighton will know whether Cardiff have uh, won that Crystal Palace game. So that's a good, that's one to look out for as an Arsenal fan. If Crystal Palace just you know draw with uh, Cardiff or Crystal Palace beat Cardiff the day before, Brighton are safe and, you know, doesn't matter. They'll just go out there and get their beating against Arsenal, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, I'll definitely be cheering for Palace. So, you know, if Palace can... But I thought you hated them. I thought they were the bad guys of the Premier well, League. I do hate them, uh, Javier. but they, they should keep up their bad guy form and uh, and go beat Cardiff. But I think Cardiff will, will be doing everything they possibly can for that not to happen. So, um, But yeah, I think this Arsenal... I think it's going to be a close game. I think they'll... Might be like nil nil at halftime, but I think in the second half they're just going to park the bus, and it hasn't really worked against us this year. So I think they did draw one one with you guys earlier. Yeah, this they season. did. They I, did. I want to say around like Christmas, um, and that was the first time they'd gotten points against us. So I think at home it's going to be really hard for them, and we're definitely going to be wanting to get back on track. You know, with these next two home games we have against Valencia and Brighton. Because we still have, you know, two more difficult away games to, to end the season and possibly a Europa final. So these are going to be crucial for us to get to, to keep, you know, any sort of momentum going into the season. If we drop any sort of points here, I mean, we absolutely are not going to get top four and don't deserve it either. So, I mean, even if we go win-win, it's going to be not up to us to get top four, but it's the least we can do in the situation which we've put ourselves in, you know. It's only our fault that we're in this situation. We've had so many opportunities up till this point, and this is the absolute bare minimum, beating Brighton at home in the second to last day of the season. So, yeah, go do this, but I'm not going to go be happy if we do. It's just going to be taking care of very basic business. I mean, I will help. I will help your hopes a little bit by uh, reminding everyone that Brighton just went something like 738 minutes in the Premier League without scoring a goal. Uh, they ended that with, uh, who was it, Pascal Gross's goal against Newcastle. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean all the woes are fixed and going to Arsenal will not help them uh, get any better at putting the ball in the back of the net. It's been a real struggle for them in the second half of the season. Uh, so uh, once again, Andrew's got a 1-1 draw. I've got 2-0 Arsenal and so does Javier. The final game of the weekend, Monday night, 8 p.m. in England, 3 p.m. here in the States. Manchester City will host a absolutely flying Leicester City team 
And what I'm going to say is the game of the weekend. I think that's fair to say? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But uh, Monday is not the weekend. But yeah, you mean the slate of yeah, games. Yeah, I mean the game the game of the game week. How about sure. that? Ranging from Friday to Monday, the, the weekend of, the of Premier League games. Yes, I like it. Yes, sure. You prick. <laughs> um, Says the grammar yeah, well, Nazi. Yeah. Oh, you misspelled two. I've tried. I've tried to tone down my grammar Nazi okay, tendencies, okay. I, though I always notice them when you when you do mistype. So know know that at least. <laughs> um, Manchester City hosting Leicester, a Leicester team that just scored three goals at home against Arsenal. Uh, I'm not trying to compare Arsenal and Manchester City right now, but people are giving them like kind of a chance at going to city and no, knocking them off, just making them drop points. Shit. Like they were not that good. Like, that's, yeah, they played that's, well. That was going to, that's what I was like, going to follow we were it up just with. Absolutely terrible. Like going to Manchester city is a very different prospect. And though Lester did beat city earlier this season at home, uh, from you guys will remember that, uh, was it Pereira had the great strike in like the 80 something minute. Uh, to win that game, City are on the, the City are on a, the war path right now. They have they don't have any more Champions League to play. They've been off. They'll have been off for like a week, seven days straight, just focusing on this game, home game, last home game of the season. Uh, they beat Leicester at home. I want to say like four one last season with a, a, an Aguero hat trick. Uh, yeah, I just I just don't see City with Leicester playing the wide open attacking style under. Brendan Rodgers right now. I don't see any scenario where City don't take full advantage of of that and and you know play them off the park. Yeah, Vardy might win a penalty or score a goal off a set piece re- rebound or something, but I think in the end City end up winning like three or four one. But I'm, I'm going to say three uh, one City in this case. Uh, yeah, they're they're currently in eighth uh, eighth place, right behind uh, Wolves, uh, three points behind Wolves. They actually have a they have a slightly better goal difference than Wolves. So if they win and Wolves, I don't know, lose to Liverpool on the last day and Leicester go win-win against City and Chelsea, which is difficult, but not entirely impossible, then Leicester could get that uh, se- that seventh place and get So you Europa think maybe, season. yeah, they're definitely going to be trying to win this game. And I think it's going to be hard, but I, I don't think that they're going to be able to stop the City side. I think... They, they've been so good defensively in the league. They've had so much control in every game. And the Jamie Vardy balls in behind, I think they're going to be able to deal with that. They have Ederson, who's an absolute monster at right. stopping those types of situations. So I think Leicester City probably score. I, I do have, well, you have, two I do have right a City now. clean sheet. <laughs> but it is at the Etihad, and they've been almost impeccable there this year. So... Yeah, I don't. They're going for a title race here. Yeah, I, just, I don't see it happening. But Leicester are that storybook team. So if there was a team to do it, Brendan Rodgers, you know, Brendan Rodgers did it. Did it for the did it for Liverpool. Yeah, you could see him just ripping off a Liverpool shirt and being like, "Oh, for the pool!" You know? I always loved you. Right. Winning them the title that he didn't. He making up for the title that he you know lost for them earlier. Just goes that that that's for the earlier one. You know. Giving it back to them, uh, he would go down in in Premier League history and Liverpool history for winning them their first Premier League title. I'm sure he wants to do it. I'm sure he does. Well, I don't think he's going to. Uh, Andrew has a two one win for Manchester City. I'm sure he's in agreement that this is going to be a enticing and hopefully high scoring game. I was on the verge of going four two, but I'm going to resist that urge. 
and uh, we're going to wrap it up from there. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this slightly longer uh, preview pod. Uh, sorry about the uh, technical difficulties. Uh, we'll try to sort those out and uh, enjoy the football this weekend. Uh, follow us on social media at Andrew Pissarro on Twitter and Instagram, and then at Javier or at Javi Arev9 on Instagram. And for me, it's at ASMOS92 on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, at Ghost Goal Pod uh, on both those platforms. And of course, go rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, your ratings and reviews uh, help build exposure and help new listeners find the podcast. Who doesn't want that? Seriously, who doesn't want that? So once again, enjoy the football, and until next time, bye.